Welcome to the second viewing. We're loved ones every time. I'm Dan. I'm Kyle. Shaka bra. Welcome to the cast today, guys. We're talking about funny people. This is a pretty cool one. A little bit of a hidden gem, if you will. 2009 film directed by Judd Apatow. Stars our boy Adam Sandler and our actual <laughs> boy Seth Rogen. Yeah. So, um, yeah, damn, man, thoughts on funny people, just right off the bat. Like, what's your, what's your feelings towards this movie? Um, I like it. I like it in general. I'm not, like, in love with the movie. I okay. like it. But uh, it's got a little bit of a depressing undertone the whole, the whole way through. But uh, You're right, man. It's kind of a dramedy in a way, right? Yeah. It's definitely a dramatic comedy. That's right. what a dramedy is. I read that somewhere. <laughs> okay, well, it definitely, I'd say it focuses on comedy and the drama part is like the, the, the gripping underbody of the story. Yeah, you're totally right. Um, it's kind of a weird movie in a sense because it focuses around comedy, right? And like stand-up comedians. But yeah, you're right. Like the movie is kind of a depressing undertone throughout most of the movie, right? Yeah. So I don't know. Like, I guess to me, the way I've always seen this movie is like kind of like how comedians people always say comedians kind of are depressed guys it's a very self-deprecating and they kind of have to rip on themselves to like give joy to other people right i think that kind of comes up and it comes up in the film yeah. to a degree especially in uh sandler's character and i don't know it kind of creates this weird like back and forth like yin and yang kind of thing that i really yeah. like like kind of both sides of the coin like mm -hmm. there's a funny lifestyle but like not everything's perfect about it and i think it, it seems really real in a way. Like, from what I understand, this movie is obviously based off of, like, real events in a way. Not exactly story-wise, but, you know, it's right. based off of Adam Sandler being an actual stand-up comedian. Like, he was that growing up, or rising to fame. Sort of like his where he ended up, almost. And the thing that fascinates me the most about this movie is because, like, it to me... I mean, I don't think Sandler's ever come out and actually, like, admitted this or verified this. It's just kind of an assumption, but... To me, this seems like this is Adam Sandler's life, and you'd think, like, just based on the events of this movie, kind of coming to terms on, like, what your life's about, like, your purpose, like, you know, that kind of thing, it's... The way he chose to go with his career after this movie just baffles me. Yeah. Like, Jack and Jill came out after this, correct? <laughs> oh, it did, yeah. Jack and Jill, actually, when it... Jack and Jill's, like, for sure 2011 or something like that. Jack right? and Jill is, like, one of those movies that is kind of timeless, but yeah, it did come out in 2011. You're right. 2011. Yeah. <laughs> that's a three percent on Rotten Tomatoes, by the way, in case you're wondering. That's a beautiful rating, um, but yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a really interesting story. So basically, what happens is um, Jonah Jonah Hill is no Seth Rogen. Sorry, they're the same person. I, I get, I get at them this mixed point, up. In 2009, so they were kind of the same person. Yeah, let's be serious. Anyways, it's Jonah Hill, right? No, it's Seth, Seth Rogen. It's Seth Rogen. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so Seth Rogen kind of gets presented with an opportunity to write some jokes for um, George George Simmons. George Simmons is the name yeah. of Adam Sandler's character in this movie, and he gets an opportunity to write some jokes for him um, after he crosses path with him at his like local comedy um, pub, basically. Yeah, like the comedy, comedy show. bar. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I think. It's kind of funny to see that, like, a community... I feel like everything in this movie just seems like it's actually real. You know, yeah. like, I, I get a sense of, like, a lot of reality. This is, like, how it actually is for these, like, up-and-coming comedians. Right, yeah. Um, at the same comedy bar, though, or pub, whatever you want to call it, as we see Aziz Ansari. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's Randy. Yeah. Like, hey, it's Randy. And that was that's, that was kind of a, a famous or popular skit yeah, for a while. totally. Uh, that kind of was one of the standout things the first time I saw this film back in the day. Yeah. Um... But, yeah, so, you know, we get uh, Seth Rogen's character. He, like, kind of 
almost snipes the opportunity from Jonah Hill's character because Jonah Hill's kind of known as the slightly funnier guy at yeah. piece, in comparison to Seth Rogen's character. Um, Ira Wright, that's his name in the film. And he kind of snipes the opportunity, kind of like takes advantage of it so he can kind of get in with George Simmons and whatnot. But the whole reason he's doing this, or the whole reason George Simmons wants him to do this is because he kind of wants to have a claim to fame again. He kind of wants to get back to stand-up. Yeah. He's getting back to his roots, kind of. Thing. Yeah, the thing is, the thing is, this movie's like kind of meta, right? Like that's what people call it. It's very like self-aware of like everything. And Adam Sandler plays a character in which it's based off just based off what he's been doing. Like he's the kind of guy that's just been doing like kind of silly family comedies where he, he plays he accidentally gets swapped into a baby's body or his best friend's a robot. Yeah. Like all these like crazy things. Yeah, it's he basically they make fun of what Jack and Jill is basically throughout the movie. But Jack and Jill came out after this, and again, this is why it baffles me. But we'll kind of get mm. into that a little bit later, I think. What I think is kind of interesting about the movie is is sort of. It sort of tells uh, George Simmons, Adam Sandler's character, coming to the end of his career, right. or like on the peak, or the you know the, da- yeah, the yeah. downward end of his career, and sort of the upward end of Ira's or or Seth Rogen's. Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. It's kind of like a reverse of roles. It seems that way, like it's kind of passing the torch, that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. I think you're right about that. And not only that, but George Simmons, uh, Adam Sandler's character, he finds out that he's sick. As a form of like leukemia, and he, you know, he's kind of having that midlife crisis. Not only the fact is he's sick, but also because he's kind of like thinking, like, what does my career become? You know, he's watching old stand-up footage of himself, and he's reliving a past life in a way. So he wants to do more stand-up, but he realizes that he hasn't done stand-up in years. And he kind of doesn't have it anymore. Yeah. So he wants Ira to help him write these jokes, and that's kind of where the movie progresses. They kind of develop this relationship of maybe Ira will open up for him at events like this MySpace event which by the way dates this movie terribly but that's okay (laughs) which is kind of hilarious to go back and watch it and see that you know see MySpace at the very end of its life yeah right 2009 is probably when MySpace like 2009 is definitely the end of MySpace that's for sure but dying company I actually remember watching this and like the first time I saw it, I remember thinking it was already kind of dated, like, to bring yeah. in MySpace, to be completely yeah. honest with you. But I understand that's how kind of, like, brand deals work. I'm sure it was in motion before it was even in production and whatnot. Right. And um, it yeah. was probably, MySpace probably knew that it was, like, their last chance to get some <laughs> yeah, advertising. Well, like, I bet you the few people that did go see Funny People, because it was a few box, people. <laughs> it, it, was, it was a box office failure. It's but true, yeah. The few people that did go to see it, I think maybe looked up MySpace again. I mean, I kind of, I'm sure I did the first time I saw it. I was Probably. like, oh, what's I mean, going on with MySpace you know these days? That's fair. That's actually a good point. So you know what's funny? I think MySpace might have had a recent launch again. Like, they tried to relaunch they it. They did. This was like maybe, oh, it's a couple years ago now. Like, two or three years ago. Like, they relaunched the site, but like, weird interface. It, like, it didn't work. It was, <laughs> Anything that MySpace used to offer is just in better spots now on the internet. So it's like, it, yeah. it means nothing. But we digress. Um, we di- we digress. We'll digress from that. We'll digress from that. <laughs> uh, the, you bring up a good point though about how this being a failure, and there's a couple, I guess, reasons or just like blanket statements on why that happens uh, or why that happened in this case. This movie mark was marketed kind of strange, um, only in the sense that it's coming off of uh, Knocked Up and Forty Year Old Virgin, right. Judd Apatow's uh, films before this, and those are huge, hugely successful comedies that right. kind of almost changed you know how comedy films at the time are being made and like that kind of style of humor 
that kind of drier, very blunt style was becoming more relevant. Yeah, and yeah. I don't. I think it definitely raised some eyebrows a little bit. Like it pushed yeah. the pushed the limit a little bit. It was also giving First a good name for like Canadian com comedians. Like a lot of the a lot of those actors are from Canada. It was kind of a different brand of humor, and like that's pretty sweet. Um, but anyway, so coming off of that. This movie was marketed. It was called Funny People. It has, you know, Adam Sandler. And at this point, Adam Sandler still had some cred, I'd say, to a degree. Yeah. Not, some of it was definitely, it was drifting away for sure. Yeah. But, you know. It's <laughs> cred. He still had it. And then I would say Seth Rogen was at the height of his career almost, pretty much. You know, I would come off super bad, knocked up, you know, that kind of stuff. Yep. Uh, yeah, so it was marketed as like, oh, brand new movie with Seth Rogen and Adam Sandler. Like, yeah, it see, seemed like, oh, this is a match made in heaven. This is gonna be awesome. More of a yeah, more of a marketing failure, really, because it, you know, it's the movie's not. It's not your typical comedy. It's, it's not, not your lighthearted comedy. It's 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 almost like an American dark comedy. It's true. It, it, you're right. That's a good point. Like, it reminds me of something like a British filmmaker would work on. Right. Totally has that has that style of a. Uh, the humor and the substance to like how they portray the characters like it's very self-deprecating yeah. and that's kind of what a lot of british humor usually is like if you compare the british office to the american office it's so dark like yeah. in tone it's <laughs> you very know, it's dark yeah. kind of like that um but yeah so people kind of went into this film in a, expecting something and just not really getting what they wanted i don't at all think this means means this movie was bad I agree. But it just wasn't what people were expecting, which honestly is fair. And you're right. That is a marketing failure. Like, if you're going in expecting, oh, the new Judd Apatow film with Seth Rogen and Adam Sandler. Oh, God, it's going to be funny. And, like, there are funny parts, but it's not what you would think. And it's maybe just, some of it comes down to, you know, the crowd, like, Judd Apatow fans. Like, true. maybe it's... Maybe they have come to expect a certain something, but at the same time, I feel like if you know Judd Apatow, you know that he's got something up his It's street. true. Like, look at uh, Freaks and Geeks. It's in a similar kind of vein of tone to Freaks and Geeks in a way. Yeah. It's still funny, but still, you know, a coming-of-age story and kind of, like, dark and sullen in a way. Like, yeah. It's got, yeah, it's got that sort of undertone, but it's, uh, it's almost like, you know, the typical, like, happy ending... Uh, high school movies, like High right. School Musical, yeah, like yeah, yeah, Jump Up in the Air, Fist Pump type movie. Yes. Like the out, Teeny Bopper, School's Out, Screen and Show type movies. Yeah. Judd Apatow kind of pulls Freaks and Geeks off in that way, but also showcases the the dark side of it or yeah, sort of yeah. like, yeah, you know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he, he brings a little bit more realism to it. I always like saw the way he kind of views uh people and like the way they interact in the similar way that uh john hughes did in the 80s with like breakfast club and 16 candles and weird science that kind of stuff yeah. whereas back then and people will still make the argument that he was able to capture what high school life was like and what kids were really like and for that time he did it really well i think they still stand the test of time and whatnot yeah, it translates well it I translates well and, it, and i think in a way judd apatow can find that realism in a new age not maybe not he doesn't nail it out of the park every time mm. but you're talking about freaks and geeks and you know even knocked up i think those are movies that really kind of look at serious situations can look at it in a lighthearted way but also you feel like you could be that character yeah like literally in knocked up uh seth rogan fucks Catherine heigl and no one bats an eye like yeah you know what i mean that doesn't make sense <laughs> anyways but they, they to be fair they kind of joke about it that's true, they do. Actually, there's an episode of Entourage where they, like, rip on Seth Rogen so hard for that. And really? Seth Rogen gets so... Anyways. In real life, Seth Rogen got really mad and, like, was pissed off at Marky Mark. That's funny. Anyways. Um, but, yeah, so... More into the depths of this film. As we're talking about Ira writing jokes for George Simmons and whatnot, they do this for a while for a good duration of the film. 
Then we get into this point where we find out that George is actually like terminally ill. He's like probably going to die soon. Yeah, and there's some really depressing scenes along those lines. It's like totally. after he ends up filling in yeah. Seth Rogen, um, Seth Rogen kind of comforts him before bed, talks to him. Yeah. And while he's puking at the toilet, you know. Yeah, like he's, he, becomes his, yeah he becomes he's his forced confidant. to become his friend in a way. Yeah. Whether they're actually friends or not, which kind of is comes to lay in this movie during the end as well. Yep. Yeah, he's he's forced to become his confidant. He kind of is labeled as his assistant as well as his writer and whatnot. Kind of a, yeah. I don't know. He's, 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 he's a jack of all, all trades. Yeah, he sort yeah. of just fills the gaps in uh, his life. George much. Simmons' life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he he finds out that he needs to kind of continue this search of, you know, meeting up with people he's maybe wronged in the past or just coming back to past events similar to the way he was viewing his old comedy material. He's trying to view his life, a life he once lived. He goes to yeah. see his sister he hasn't seen in years, talks to old comedians and friends. Well, that that's interesting, too, because that's af- that's directly after a scene that Seth Rogen says, you need to tell someone other than me. Right, yeah, yeah. And so. that's important, too. I think it's interesting to see, like, kind of Ira... Ira see this guy as just nothing but, like, an idol or, like, a, a comedian... A comic figure, but then also, like, hey, like, I still treat you as a human. Like, it kind of, it makes Iris seem like a pretty noble dude, I'd say. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and that's where the kind of the next layer of this film emerges. And we see that George wants to talk to his old, his old flame. You know, his, the one that got away sort of thing. That's and that's right. played by Leslie Mann. Judd and Apatow's wife in real life. Judd Apatow's life in re- wife in real life. It's true. And she's appeared in a number of his films, uh, Four Year Old Virgin... Knocked up. Knocked up. she in? Yeah, for old version, Knocked Up, and uh, This Is 40. Right. Which is another good movie, by the way. Um, I haven't seen This Is 40. Man, it's cool. Like, it's in, it's kind of, it's in the vein of funny people in a way where it's like a little more, I wouldn't say dark, but it's just realistic, you know? It's looking at what it's like to be that age and like what you were right. like then. I mean, I can't fully relate. I'm not 40, but, you know, I get the idea. With, and it's a yeah. kind of a spiritual sequel to Knocked Up. Has the same characters right. of... Paul Rudd, who's always kills it, classic Rudd, and then <laughs> Wesley Mann. Um, but anyways, uh, it's interesting to see that he does include his wife in a lot of projects. But like they, they work together so well. Like Wesley Mann, like she just she's a perfect like mom character, you know? Yeah. She's like always plays the best mom. She does, yeah, really. Yeah. Uh, and it's funny, and she kind of there's been films in recent years that kind of make fun of that, or little like bits that make fun of that. But it's really true. Well, it's because. I don't know. She comes across as such like a a, a modern mom. Yeah, you know what I mean. Totally right. Or like a a big city mom where she's yeah. not. She, she's overprotective, but in the right ways. But she's also you can sense that vulgar wild side or like you know yeah, the like fact she's that, down to earth. Like she's not so much yeah. like she, she comes know. across as you know a person who became a mother, not someone that was born a mother. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like didn't yeah. put. Like she put herself into the mother role, role yeah. in, in in comparison to sort of always taking on the the mother mentality. Yeah, okay, no, I could see that. I could see that. Um, and to go with that, her actual kids are in the family play. Her <laughs> yeah. children in the movie also, obviously, Judd Apatow's real life children. Um, and so what happens is that Ira, kind of, as he was telling, you know, George, you need to go talk to these people. You tell these people what's going on. George tells his old flame, Laura, that he's dying. And they kind of reconnect, and they decide, you know, you know, you're not going to be along, around very long. Let's hang out, come over, stay at my place for the weekend, and let's let's make a thing of it. Let's make an event of it. 
Yeah. And like you were talking, this is this is where things get a little bit strange. Maybe not strange, but surreal kind of. The tone yeah. of the movie stays the same, I would say, but I don't kind know, of the con- subject matter changes. Huge, yeah, huge content switch, really. Yeah, completely. Because it becomes well, I guess it's kind of about George Simmons, but it's also very much about Ira. But yeah. it switches to like including Ira a lot less. Yeah. To the point where like Ira fights to be part of the situation i think this is a this is probably where the movie's faults probably show up truly because if you look at the first half of the film or even the first three quarters of the two quarters of the film um you get a lot of what the comedy lifestyle is about and what writing jokes are about and like you you get a glimpse into that and then like as you say this content switch happens where it's just basically focused on these relationships yeah that being said the character development is really great so by the time that change happens I'm already invested in Ira. I'm invested in George. I want to see where they're going. I want to see how they interact in the situation. Yeah. I'm okay with it. That being said, I think kind of just getting rid of the comedy aspect of the film does it a disservice in a way. It jumps back and forth a little when you yeah. see like Jason. Oh, God. Jason Schwartzman in this movie is so <laughs> funny. He, yo, Teach. Yo, Teach. Also a great cameo by Bo Burnham. Love Bo Burnham. Oh, yeah. uh, Jason Shout Schwartzman. Shout out to your boy, Bo Burnham. Shaka Bra. Shaka Bra to boy Bo, Bo Burnham. Boy Burnham. Boy, boy, boy. We burn him? Um, yeah. Jason Schwartzman plays a character named Mark, who's kind of the, I guess, the successful one out of the group. Like, Yeah. It's like, well, I mean, technically, um, Jonah Hill is a little bit more successful than Seth Rogen. Right. Seth Rogen's kind of sitting at the bottom of the barrel. You know, yeah. he's had us to see what it's like. And so he's sitting at the bottom of the barrel to see what it's like. And oh, uh, where he's at. Yeah, where he's at. And then the next step up is uh, sort of Jonah Hill. And the next step up from that, whose house they're all staying in, is Jason Schwartzman. Yeah, and he he's on a sitcom called Yo Teach. And he's just doing bad comedy. Oh, it's like the worst know? sitcom. But he does it like, it's almost like he does it sarcastically, but he totally rubs it in Jonah Hill. Oh, he Seth knows that face. it's awful, but he's just, he's like, oh, I'm successful and you're not. So I'm going to make sure you know that. Yeah. Uh, it's honestly, Jason Schwartzman's such an ass in this movie, but it's it's so funny. I love when Jason Schwartzman kind of does that weird, like, comedic standpoint. Like, yeah. I love that. Um, but, yeah, so they do kind of go back and forth to uh, uh, Mark and uh, Leo, I'm pretty sure is Jonah Hill's character's name. They go back to Mark and Leo a few times, but not a lot. And I kind of wish, even if they went back to them a few other times or, you know, other aspects of this movie, uh, Daisy, one of the characters played by Arby Plaza, Yep. Um, one of the first things I think I saw, and also, by the way... Uh, yeah, spe- let's bring up Daisy a little bit, because she's a unique character in this She movie. is. They kind of... And she she's does stand-up. Yeah, she fits Judd Apatow's sort of, like, style of film and comedy very well. They kind of deadpan and sullen, but at the same time... Yeah. She's still hilarious. I don't know, they, they kind of do that, too. They kind of bring up, like, oh, like you're a female comedian and like so when she goes up and she does her bit it's all about like I hate rappers telling me what to do all the time <laughs> yeah. like fucking sit down bitch she's like no drop, I don't want to <laughs> like, drop to the floor drop. shake that ass bitch no he's like no I, I'm good <laughs> she's like, she is funny she does fit in really well and there's a kind of a small blackluster romance that they tried to build in this film between her and us. Uh, yeah, speaking of that, where where does that end up in the film? It doesn't really go anywhere because what happens is they kind of set up this weird bet between Seth Rogen or Jason Schwartzman, or not so much a bet. Or Jason, Jason Schwartzman he says... He gives them nine days. Oh, you have nine days before. I'm just going to fuck her. So yeah. you have some time, buddy. Because that's just the kind of character he is in this movie. Um, it uh, And then he doesn't end up kind of 
you know. Well, going... I guess maybe you know that that really comes down to some character development. It That's does. It, it is says that Jonah Hill is like he's naive in certain ways. Like he's not prepared to jump in and and take a risk and and put himself out on the line to yeah. take this girl out. On You're a right. Date and then he gets so upset much. when like she ends up actually sleeping with Seth Rogen. She's like, right. you "Don't owe me. You don't even know me." And it is yeah. it's very true. And it is it's so fair for her to feel that way, honestly. Yeah. Um. And it's a weird moment where you're like, it's strange because I always find that really cool. I feel that's pretty cool writing because at that moment, you're kind of rooting for Seth Rogen. You're like, oh, I'm like, he wants to get this girl. Like, yeah. I hope he gets it because Jason Schwartzman's a complete ass. But then at the same time, he kind of gets put in his place. Like, oh, right. Like, I'm kind of rooting for a cause that doesn't really matter. Yeah. It's interesting. It's pretty cool, actually. It's an inter- interesting way of bringing some romance into it, or like uh, secondary life situations romance. too. Honestly, that's very yeah. It, that, that, that's no story about romance right that there. Could definitely happen in real life. Completely. Um, but going back to uh, kind of where this weekend rendezvous kind of sets up with uh, Ira and George going to stay with Laura and her family for the weekend. Ira's so, really against it. Ira thinks it's a bad idea, and only because he realizes that George still has feelings for him, but the thing is, Laura has a wife and children, and it's just mm-hmm. not a good situation to kind of be messing with, which obviously makes sense, but, I mean, George is a stubborn guy, he's a stubborn, he's a yeah, celebrity, he's, 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 a, he's a very successful man, he gets what he wants at this point, Yeah, right? and he's a, you know, and he's dying too, right? Yeah, he wants at to live point. out whatever kind of fantasy, or... So he's chasing his last, you know, he's chasing the love of his life, essentially. Yeah, no, you're right. He totally is. He's doing it in a fucked up way, in a way that might actually potentially happen in real life. Because nothing's like a romance. It's not. And he kind of realizes, like, yo, I'm sorry. I should have apologized sooner. She's like, yeah, well, maybe you should have said that like 13 years ago or whatever. Um, And I guess it's strange to think it like, I don't know. You're right. The guy's dying. Like, you you can't quite understand what he's thinking but he's just trying to get that last ditch effort he's just yeah. trying to like put it in like why not see what see what can happen like and i'm putting myself the, out here he keeps the fact that he's dying very low key in them he in doesn't them. really rub it in her face and she says matter that, of fact he hides it from her when he tries to tell her when he meets up with her right and then she brings up you're not really dying you just wanted to see me and he's he agrees with it he said yeah he ends up deciding that he doesn't want her to know and that's kind of almost the moment where he decides he's going to go after her again. You At least you kind of get that feeling. Right, right. Because I guess it's interesting knowing that before he even told her that, she was kind of still interested in him and still wanted to reconnect. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think to him that was probably like, oh, well, there's still something here. But she has a husband. It's a really completely messed up. Ira was totally correct in, like, trying to stop him from doing this. But yeah. nonetheless, they go through with it. And, you know, Ira's his kind of assistant, you know, secondhand sort of thing uh, goes up there with them and they end up actually having dinner with everyone with the actual husband there and it's a, kind of an awkward I guess it doesn't come up awkward at first to be honest because George is very just like buddy buddy with everyone just kind of like it's like a family friend kind of thing yep. playing that role but then as soon as the husband leaves uh, played by Eric Bana he swoops in he swoops in and you know it, to be fair it is Leslie Mann also you know they're reconnecting That's a, there's a two way street going on here they end up hooking up and it's just it's strange yeah but it pushes it like it sort of pushes um her relationship with her husband forward a little bit in the way that they've you know she finds out that he's cheating on her right stuff like that he's doing these business trips and he's cheating on her and in a weird way you kind of end up seeing adam sandler's uh like or uh sorry george simmons his 
his faults or the wrong things going on in his life benefiting those around him. Like right. you see him, you know, he, he's a dying man and he's helping this up and coming comedian. You see this, he's a dying man and he comes to this old relationship and kind of ends up helping those relationship in the long run. Yeah, maybe he's finally learning something he was missing for a lot of years kind of thing. Or maybe... Well, I think I think it's funny just to see that, like, even if he's learning or not, like, he's benefiting, though, he's helping people around him whether he knows it or not. Yeah. And I don't think the people around him kind of get it at first either, especially Ira. Ira's like, around this time in the film, Ira's like, man, what is going on? George yeah. is crazy. Like, these are... It, like realist, like these are realistically these are crazy things you're asking me to do right now and to participate in, and I'm not about it. Yeah, I was. Well, you can tell, and and his character is developed really well. You get the sense that Ira is not the type of guy to go out on a limb and risk anything. Like he's focused on comedy, and that's pretty much all he gives a shit about. Right, and also I think he just he's a kind of guy who's focused on being a good person. Yeah, you know? he's trying to. He realizes that he's kind of screwing over Jonah Hill's character in the first place. And so I think he's apprehensive to be more of an asshole. Yeah. He doesn't want to, you know, be known as that guy. He's always trying to get ahead in a way. Um, but this whole, like, weekend situation is strange. And the, the switch in tone is odd. Like, you see George Simmons hanging out with the children of his ex, like, girlfriend. It is, it's it, 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 it's it's it very irks, weird. And it irks dark, me in a way, yeah. but obviously that's what the movie wants you to feel like. Yeah. It, it's I think most people would recognize that it's a weird, inappropriate situation to be a part of. And I think we're, we're we've kind of really captured the essence of the film. It's it's dark. It's yeah. it's it's very real. It's not your typical comedy. It's a dramedy, or it's like a, an American dark comedy. It is. Way. Yeah. It's, I remember watching this twice while I was sick. Yeah. Fun story. Back in. Good old 2010, me and Dan here were in Japan doing a good old exchange. Shout out to our girl, Nene. Yeah, what's up, girl? Um, we were out there. I was sick one day. I was pretty sick for the first, like, what, couple days, roughly? Yeah, like, the, it felt like the whole trip. <laughs> <laughs> so the first kind of outing we go on as a group, because it was, like, an exchange through our high school, uh, I just had to stay back. So I stayed back for the day. And I, like, laid in bed and literally watched all funny people twice, like, in a row. It was kind of the most depressing day ever. But at the same time, I, I was like, this is a really good movie. Like, I don't know. Like, I can appreciate a depressing flick. Mm -hmm. I can. Um, and Funny People does it in a really interesting way where it's so self-aware. And it's so, like, I don't know. I guess just we're the kind of guys that understand pop culture to a degree. We kind of, like, we could see how these comedians maybe do actually live in real life. And just kind of viewing these celebrities in this film who are not only are they celebrities and movie stars but they are comedians mm -hmm. them playing comedians is really interesting to watch it kind of reminds me of um in a similar sense uh this is the end right I where they play right. themselves right? right yeah it's kind of a cool idea it is a cool idea yeah they're playing comedians which they are it, it is cool and yeah it translates well to the movie absolutely like you get a sense of what they think comedy is about or how they got there or right. kind of yeah what it is to them in in some aspects and i think the kind of the uprise to fame too they kind of touch yeah. on that like how how it is to start off as a comedian and then also like the juxtaposition of someone who's already famous right you yeah. got you got adam sandler's character who is you know is huge not not only comedian but movie star he was merman he was all these things he has all these yeah. this huge like mansion all these cars like he is a successful person and it's strange because he's literally playing himself in this flick. This is Adam Sandler, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think actually maybe we'll take a break here and we'll talk about funny people, give our final thoughts after the breaker. Yeah. Come back and just keep discussing this. Maybe talk about more Judd Apatow stuff. But yeah. Catch you guys after the breaker. And we're back. 
All right, guys. So we're just going to finish up talking about our thoughts on funny people. We kind of get into the end of the film here and what's going on. We last left off. We were just talking about this kind of rendezvous weekend sort of thing that's going on between Adam Sandler's character and Leslie Mann's character. What what happens in this film is Ira's trying to like kind of mess with the situation. He's trying to like clear things up. So he goes to the airport. Sure enough, and he sees Leslie Mann's husband. Mm-hmm. Kind of tells her what happens. Or just telling him what happens, he runs back to the house, and like him and Adam Sandler start fighting. It's a hilarious scene because Adam Sandler obviously cannot hold his own against Eric Bana, who's like a tough built like Australian guy. He's like <laughs> yeah. could probably kill anyone. Um, and that's kind of what we were talking about earlier about how it ends up Leslie Man and his relationship kind of kind of gets better. Like they kind of realize that they're they've been shitty in this relationship, and now they're working towards something good. And then meanwhile, uh, like George Simmons, Adam Sandler's character kind of just doesn't really get anything out of it. He kind of realizes that he's been a scumbag. I don't even know if he realizes it, though. He more so just kind of has to deal with what his, his actions yeah. have caused, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And the movie kind and of... It really doesn't have a whole lot of repercussion for him other than the fact no. that he doesn't get what he wants, which is, you know, his, no. his last fling. And also things kind of are left on a pretty negative note between him and Ira. Ira, like, thinks he's crazy and... It's kind of Adam Sandler's character's true colors kind of come out and like shows that doesn't actually care for Ira that much. Yeah. So they're kind of, you know, they kind of fight and then some time passes and then you get a last scene of them hanging out in the grocery store, shooting the shit again. And it's kind of, I think it's, it's interesting because it comes back to talking about just like human interaction, human relationships, and also just, you know, making jokes to one another. They're making, they're yeah. making fun of each other. And the movie kind of does this weird it's the kind of thing where you can realize at that point Adam Sandler's character has learned something and then he kind of had to, you know, kind of go crazy a little bit or kind of like try to relive some like past experiences he never kind of got to fully see through and some bad stuff happened because of it. And he also dragged down this guy Ira, this up and coming comedian because of it. And, you know, they kind of realize that and they kind of make that connection at the end. And it's just, it's, it's like the whole tone of the movie in that last two minutes. It's very just like kind of funny, but at the same time, well, kind of dark. <laughs> and the fact that they can come back to the grocery store scene and, you know, still shoot the shit. Like after everything that's happened, they can still laugh right. about it. Yeah. Kind of. It, it speaks to what the message of the movie is. You know, it's about funny people. Right. So that, right. That is about the movie. Yeah. That's the title yeah. of the film. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I mean, well, it's about like, it's about people that. Um, you know, they almost hide their insecurities with their with their comedy, or their that's kind of yeah. It's like a, it's a defense mechanism. They're trying to just you know this is what they have. They're gonna self deprecate each other. They're gonna make fun of themselves, but to benefit themselves at the end of the day, right? To yeah. make themselves feel better. Yeah, and you're, you're totally right. I guess it is kind of strange that like that is his therapy, right? Like comedy is his therapy. That's how he that how that's how he's gonna make himself feel better. That's how he's gonna get through the sickness. Yeah. That's how he's gonna try and you know better other people's lives, right? Mm-hmm. He makes a lot of pretty dark comments here at the beginning of the film saying how, like, you guys actually have to pay someone to entertain you. I'm here as your entertainer. Yeah. You, like, that's, is that how low your guys' life are? You need to pay someone to entertain you? Like, what it, are you going to do when I'm dead? Yeah. I feel bad for you. What are you going to do when I'm gone? Yeah, right? And, and it's funny because, I mean, that, that's kind of fair, I guess, in a way. Like, it's being so dark about it. It's being so, like, yeah. melodramatic about the entire subject matter, right? Um, but that is, that, that's what this movie's about. And I think it's, it's a pretty real movie in a lot of ways. And I think that's why I enjoy it so much because it's kind of an interesting movie to look at, like, 
not the human condition in a way, honestly, just like how people view themselves, how people want to maybe reach for their dreams, how people go about doing that and what's important to you in life and how do you interact with that and yeah. what does fame do to that, right? And d- dealing with certain real world, uh, dealing with, you know, the the good and the bad in life, basically. Like, yeah. you know, obviously George Simmons has what a lot of people would consider the ideal life, you know, True. rich, living it up, doing what they want, that kind of thing. But yeah. Still the same problems as ever, any other and that's person, so true. if not like, more. More money, more problems, right? That's, <laughs> that's what it's all about. But no, you're actually so right about that, Dan. I think it is so true to look at the two characters, right? You got Ira and you got George. George has the life, right? He has the life Ira's working towards. He has that career. He has that mm-hmm. in the backlog of, of filmography. And he, he's done so many successful things. Yeah. And I think Ira kind of gets that reality check of like, is this what I want? Or like, yeah. is this what it's all about? And I think because of that, he's like, I don't want to go this route. Like, I still want to do comedy because I enjoy it, but I don't want to necessarily become this man, yeah. <laughs> right? I don't want to become, you know... That being said, I don't think Adam Sandler's character is a total piece of shit. Like, he no. definitely understands where he's gone wrong in life. Yeah, he got he got lost somewhere along yeah. the way. And, and I he think gets he lost again that. in this film. That's right. But I think it's on a smaller scale that makes him realize it on a bigger scale. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. And I mean, yeah. So overall, I really do enjoy this movie. I would recommend it. It's pretty it's kind of a underrated film in a lot of ways. I obviously not a lot of people check this out. Some cost seventy five million dollars, only made seventy two, lost three mil off of it. A lot of that went to marketing. Just a fun fact, Jack and Jill cost eighty, let's always remember that. Um <laughs> But yeah, I'd say overall, I definitely recommend this movie as well. It's, it's a, a fun it's film really to revisit, great. especially yeah. after Judd Apatow kind of like he was already killing it beforehand, but even more so after this movie. He yeah. went, you know, this is forty, and he made Trainwreck just last year with uh, Amy Schumer. Um, but not on that, but he's been everywhere in this in this Hollywood scene. Like he's done so many, he's been a part of a lot of projects. You know, produced the show Girls. Um, what else? We can look back at even some older stuff. Undeclared. The guy is really part of what comedy is today honestly in a lot of ways yeah he's he's got a very unique take on comedy and uh yeah it's interesting to see it come through in a different way in all the different styles and stories and contexts of 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 tv shows and film that he's been doing recently like train wreck is so much different than um it's so much different than funny people and funny people is so much different than knocked up and yeah they're like he really does take a different circumstance it's true every and it's cool that it's always a first circumstance between and including people in some way or another. Yeah, he does take, he he does character development very well. Yeah, he looks at a character's plot line and the plot devices around that, and he executes that fairly well, honestly. Um, although in the case of Trainwreck, I found that movie a little bit like disjointed, honestly. I feel like it was trying to be a little bit of funny people, trying to be a little bit of knocked up, and it, it just kind of got confused. Um, for me, I would have rather it just kind of gone the funny people route, be a little bit more mellow. Or just go the knocked up route and be kind of more slapsticky. And you know what? Maybe he was finding, trying to find that that in between. But I think well, the only thing that gets overall, so str- it, it has to be one or the other. It gets strange for me. I don't know if it has to be one or the other. But in this movie, and sorry, in Trainwreck, it's like one half of the film is so distinctly one vibe, and the second half is another. Yeah. So it's really they contrast kind of poorly, honestly. Right. They're so like different, um, and that's where I think it's a bit of a fail. But that being said. Um, looking at him as a director, the guy always gets the best cast. Like, look at Freaks and Geeks, for example. So yeah. many huge stars have just come out of that show. Yeah, true. Yeah, he definitely has a he has a way of uh, picking uh, an actor that totally relates to a character in his script. 
very well, or at least can um, relate or pull through or uh, uh, really showcase what he's looking for very well. Yeah, I think so. And he he's really he has a really good job of finding the, the actors to play the right role. Yeah. In that in that case, and it's fun. Like I think it's fun to see him kind of take new talent or existing talent, Adam Sandler, for example, and do something different with it. Because Adam Sandler in this movie, to me, is the real Adam Sandler. I honestly, yeah. fondly, be- I seriously believe that. And it still baffles me. Like we mentioned earlier, that like after this movie... He goes and makes Jack and Jack and Jill. Can we just take... Here, we're going to take a quick look at the films Adam Sandler made after Funny People. Keep in mind, this is a movie about him essentially failing as a comedian in his mind and trying to reclaim himself. Let's just keep this in mind really quick. <laughs> All right, so after Funny People... Uh, he went on to create uh, the the classic, classic, classic film Grown Ups, which has the great line Saskatchewan in it. But not only that, he went to he went to be a part of Zookeeper, featuring our boy Kevin James, Shaka brought to Kevin James. And then in 2011, we got the masterpiece that is Jack and Jill, and that is well, I mean, that's a cinematic treasure. We look at this movie as an icon, really. You know, you got your Gone with the Winds, you got your Citizen Kane's, you got your Jack and Jills. It's that kind of thing. Dude, um, he's in Hotel Trans- Transylvania too. He's Dracula in Hotel Transylvania. He is. Have you seen Hotel Transylvania? I saw, I've seen the first one. It's pretty good. I liked it. Yeah, I didn't okay, think that's it was one of the too best bad. thing he's done. Keep in mind, he also did That's My Boy, Grown Ups Two, Blended. Oh, dude, Blended so bad. Yeah, that movie is fucking oh, horrible. God. That is a bad movie. Man, Pixels. I, I oh. saw Top Five and I, I read it as Fast Five for a second, and top I was five? confused. That's the one with Chris Rock, right? I'm not 100 percent sure to be honest. Yeah, that is. I never saw that, but that looks pretty good actually. I don't. I didn't know Adam Sandler was in it though. To be fair, Pixels though. That's a. That's a bad flick. Bad flick. Um. That being said, can we take a moment to just talk about like back on Blended for a second? We were chatting about the film. Uh, just go with it, and you you brought up you're like, how come does why does Adam Sandler always go to like awesome places with like hot girls? It's because literally for the past like well I would say roughly six years. Adam Sandler goes on vacation for film. Literally. He takes his entire like friends and family just on vacation. That's where he makes a movie. That's, the, that's why he goes and makes films. Are you serious? Which in one way is kind of awesome because he brings his friends and family to have a good time. But the other way, he doesn't care about the movie. <laughs> he's, he's hanging out with his friends and family, Literally, making a shitty movie and making bank off of it. He, went, he made Blended just so he'd go, have it, go on vacation in Africa with his family. And also make a film while he's there. In one, uh, that movie only costs forty. Whoa, he's taking a cut. He's taking a cut. Adam Sandler usually needs that solid eighty mil. Oh, oh he dude. needs that solid eighty mil. Adam usually. Sandler, like, wow, how do people on IMDb rate Blended six point five out of five? That literally beats Funny People. That's unreal. See, you know, you got to film like you got to film like Pixels. Obviously, the eighty-eight, the standard Sandler cast. You need you need that eighty-eight for Sandler. Wait, Pixels cost eighty-eight mil. Man. Are you kidding me? This is from the same people that made fun that made uh, Jack and Jill. That thing cost eighty mil. Anyways, it's probably oh enough money God. talk. But like, what's, I'll, I'll what's Adam Sandler's at. most expensive movie made? Um, it's probably like I couldn't tell you. But here's my thoughts. I just think overall, Adam Sandler is he's 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 fucking the system right now. That's the kind of guy that's screwing the system. Oh man, he's oh, he's getting. Any type of um, advertising he can possibly squeeze into every single movie he makes. But dude, I hear the guy's a really nice dude. I've heard this. Apparently, Adam Sandler? Apparently, everyone loves him, and that's why he gets all... That's why he just... That's why he does all this this stuff. Because apparently, he's like the nicest guy in real life. And everybody wow. loves him. 
Except Rob Schneider. Apparently him and Rob Schneider have a feud going on right now. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, because I feel like they've been friends for a long time. Like, Man, Rob Schneider, that's a, that's a guy that needs more love, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> Rob Schneider is, I totally agree. He hasn't been killing it lately. Also, remember when Adam Sandler was like a singer? This guy has a double, a two times platinum album. He has two two time platinum albums, comedy albums. Man, Adam Sandler on average per movie makes about $37 million. His 2010 movie Grown Ups earned a 10 out of 100 on Rotten Tomatoes, but was his highest grossing of all time. Even Sandler falters sometimes. His 2011 movie Jack and Jill, in which he played a man <laughs> and his twin sister, earned 180 mil. Not quite enough to, to cover the film's production budget and advertising costs. Wow. Yeah, can, can, let me just talk about... It's just strange to look at this flick we're talking about today, Funny People, and just kind of see himself... Like, he's a, actually, at this point, Adam Sandler's a living meme. I'd say he's a living meme. <laughs> the guy has honestly... He, he just, like, he he's exploits the system. It's like he found out how to make money in film, and he sort of gave up on good film. That's what it seems like. He honestly made fun of his future self in Funny People. It's almost as if he didn't know how to live his life. Judd Apatow wrote it for him, and he's just been living it now. That's literally what it looks like at this point. <laughs> Dude, Adam Sandler or George Simmons? I feel like we should change his name in real life. He, I'm calling him George. George Sandler for now on. George Sandler. That's what it is, because honestly, at this point, it's just, just kind of too bad. Recently, he's done The Ridiculous Six, which people are saying is not bad. Who are these people? Because I want to know. Okay, my sister, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Steph Mason. What's up, girl? What's up, girl? Um, I don't know. I haven't seen that yet. I've been avoiding it. <laughs> I'll be completely honest with you. It, was, it popped up on Netflix and I was not ready. I was not ready to even go there. Dude, people who like, um, The Ridiculous Six also like Grown Ups too, according to IMDb. Well, that kind of says it all as far as I'm concerned. Also, the, co the Cobbler as well. Have you seen that? Yeah, I started watching that. Like, I've given up on Sandler. I'm sorry. Like, at this point, there's nothing more to say. This dude is just, he's exploiting the system. I'm over it. I'm over Sandler. If anything, I'm going to go back and watch funny people on a regular basis just to remember what Sandler could be. <laughs> it's he, true. He's, he really is good. He's in, a pretty in, good actor. He's not, like, yeah. phenomenal, but, like, actually, when Sandler gets serious, he's actually pretty good. Um, Punch Drunk Love, Spanglish. Yeah. He's pretty good in those flicks, honestly. Yeah. When he's a, more of a serious actor... Or takes time, like kind of is in more of a, a serious or dramatic role. When he's he, focusing and not partying with his friends and fam? <laughs> yeah, he actually kills it. Like, there's a lot of comedians out there that kind of can pull it off. Like, uh, Jim Carrey to a degree. Like, it's kind of a thing. And I don't think he's an exception. Sandler, like, in, in this flick in particular, I think it's his best work in, honestly, seven years. I'm putting it that way. Oh, no way. Click was one of my favorite movies of all time. <sighs> actually, Click's pretty good. That, like, end, like, like the last, like, 20 minutes... I actually hate Click. I was being super sarcastic. You hate Click? I man. really hate Click. I don't mind Click. I fucking hate Click, dude. Why do you hate Click, dude? It's like, oh, it's just so depressing and it feels like a plotline that's been redone over and over and over again. The thing about Click, okay, I, I see what you're getting at. It's one of those things where like, it's kind of manipulating you to feel sad. It's like, yeah. you better feel sad now. Yeah, I just exactly. Your face. I get that. Also, it was all a dream. That's like the worst, like, plot twist ever oh it was a dream hey. yeah seriously <laughs> i fell asleep in bed bath and beyond actually yeah you're right click does suck <laughs> dude <laughs> i click, forgot not a great movie um back to jed apatow for a minute we've been uh checking out one show he's been producing and writing for 
Uh, I haven't finished this series yet, but I did quite enjoy it. And you're I have it. finished it, yeah. Matter of fact, I've gone back and rewatched quite a few episodes already, too. And what's this show called again? It's, it's called Love. Just Love, yeah. He's a creator of the show. He wrote a couple episodes, executive producer, but he's definitely a part of it. Yeah. He hasn't and, directed and a show since And you can tell it's underplayed. got a huge Judd Apatow influence and, and feel to it. Yeah, do you want to say a little bit about the series? Like, what's what kind of works for it? What doesn't work for okay, it? Okay, so it's, it, uh, it centers around... It really centers and focuses around two characters living completely different lifestyles with completely different habits. But they cross paths at some point and they end up getting into a relationship. And the show's called spoilers, Love. Spoilers, dude. Spoilers. You on that spoiler vibe right now? I'm on that spoiler vibe. You guys know this already, though. We literally just told the entire plot line to funny people, so... Did we, though? Spoiler I feel like we, alert. I feel like, we, I feel like we kept some things in there. I feel like we kept a few things in there. Like what? We should Absolutely say. nothing. Continue. <laughs> okay, so... So it follows two characters that, uh, that inevitably end up getting into a relationship, and... You know, it's, a, it's about... The show's really about real-world love. It's not about, you know... It's not about like crazy, stupid love. The movie. It's not about that fictional sort of um, distant idea of what love is. It's right, it's right. very, um, which it's very sense. real world. Like there's ups and downs and and twists and turns, and you don't know if it's gonna pull through or not, or you're not even sure if you wanted to, et cetera, et cetera. But um, yeah, it's very interesting, especially in the way that it's told and 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 the tone. And there's really good contrast between both these characters. On on one hand, we've got this slightly nerdy dude who spent most of his 20s working his ass off and not really partying. And now he's in his 30s and he's not really sure what he wants and he feels like he misses out on something. Or he's missing out on some of the party aspect or trying new things or stuff like that. And on the other hand, we've got a girl who did the total opposite. And she's almost looking to get away from the shitty relationship she's had in the past get over some of her addictions that she developed in her 20s from partying and stuff too much and they end up kind of clicking they click on a on, on a really interesting level and they bounce off each other really well and it's 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 a really funny show dude like i've seen the first three episodes there's only 10 in the series so i or a season i should definitely get around to finishing it well you should almost savor it because i, I like i'd say it's point Man, apparently good. episode Definitely. seven magic is directed by my boy steve buscemi dude really i didn't know that yeah man that's a great episode actually steve buscemi that guy kills it every time man <laughs> seriously kills it that's pretty sick honestly i think it's cool that he's getting out there and doing more shows i mean love obviously like you've been telling me nothing but good things about it i've enjoyed what i've seen but then he also did girls which is a really popular show and also pretty different spin yeah. on you know i guess kind of the sex in the city kind of idea of like what you know the modern day woman lives on a day-to-day life right right it's more real look into that i i haven't watched a lot of girls but i've seen a few episodes and you're it's it's yeah it's not like do you know in um knocked up you get the the group of guys and they're cracking dick jokes and fart yeah. jokes and you know how it is yeah. well you get you get a different side of that with this movie where it focuses around like the girls that group and sense of humor and how things are different and why they're different how yeah their personalities no it's cool and uh, girls is kind of more of like lena dunham's kind of creation in a way but Mm -hmm. jed epitow kind of put it out there and he he wrote for it and did some things for it but i think one reoccurring theme we keep seeing we kept talking about today is just that real look at things right taking the realism getting getting rid of kind of this like fantasy driven idea of what love or life or friendship or anything really is and putting more real world tones, more based on true story ideas, more, you know, things people can relate with 
all around the world and not need to sort of idealize certain ideas. It's very focused. It's well written. The dialogue um, is, 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 is very well written. Um, and yeah, I don't know. He pulls off comedy in such an interesting way. It's almost kind of artful in a way. It feels a lot more like focused on it trying to deliver a message rather than trying to deliver jokes. Yeah, and it, it almost comes across in a certain sense that's like, you know, elementary, elementary school, you did something stupid and it sucked at the time. Now, five years from now, you're laughing about it because it's hilarious. So right. kind of, it yeah. almost comes across in that yeah, sense yeah, of the word right. where it's like, you know, stupid Jonah Hill or uh, Seth Rogen does stupid shit and knocked up and yeah. and uh, you laugh about it because he gets over it he gets past it and it, it becomes something to laugh about almost it's you get true. this yeah. you get this and and that's almost sort of a, a, a slight style of his comedy I'd say. and nothing kind of goes to waste in that way I feel like mm-hmm. any of those jokes end up being kind of part of that character's you know his identity, his you know, yeah, how he's how, progressed, how, how he's he grown and moved forward. It's interesting because you don't get that a lot in comedy, and I think it's fun to see. I wouldn't necessarily call it smart comedy to a degree, I would, but I don't know if that's that might be more of a compliment, too much of a compliment, but it is smarter mm-hmm. in a way because it's it's more focused on telling real life events or focusing on a story as opposed to and a lot of it's emotion driven it's true there's not a lot of a zany plot there's never like this crazy like oh we need to go on a road trip to like find our grandmother's like necklace to sell it for gold and then maybe we'll get a new house in the end it's just about really (laughs) very real world things that could happen it's like series of events that unfolds oh i got someone pregnant oh um i'm trying to get a new job oh I'm kind of I I know someone who's who's terminally ill. Like these are real world things that people can relate with, right? Yeah. And it's not necessarily like a crazy um, plot device or a crazy, you know, subject some sort of crazy subject matter that has to be there to make it zany or everything centered around this like z- idea of something that's just just gonna keep going wrong, like your average Ben Stiller film or like yeah. something like that, like. It's more so, you're right, focused on, I guess, emotions, relationships. But to me, that makes these movies a lot more, these TV series. It's relatable. It's yeah. relatable. And but it, it's, it's not cheesy and uh, enforced. It's, it's, it's not forced. And that's a yeah. good point to bring up because it doesn't feel like it's shoving it in your face. Mm-hmm. More or less, so although I will admit Trainwreck felt that way a little bit. But I'm nitpicking at that there's point. There's ups and downs in filmmaking for sure. But, and Trainwreck is by no means a bad movie. No, no, it's not. And I mean... Just, I guess, like, kind of final thoughts on Apatow as a general. I think, in general, I think he's a, he's kind of a, he's one of these guys we're going to look back at and, like, kind of honestly see his impact on film and comedy. Yeah. And I think it's important. And I think funny people, honestly, will forever be his, like, underrated gem. I will yeah. honestly think that. Well, I think that's a good spot to leave it. Totally, man. Well, you know, thanks so much for joining us this week, guys. We really appreciate it. Be yeah. sure to hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Follow us on Instagram. Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff. Check us out on SoundCloud, Stitcher, whatever podcast source you're using. Make sure you subscribe. Give us five stars on iTunes, all that cool stuff. Thanks for listening to the second viewing. We'll catch you next week. Shaka, bro.